right, some Godsmack to get the podcast started. I'm Aaron Rollins. This is Southeast Third. Thanks for tuning in. That was Godsmack's I Stand Alone, brought to you by 1025 The Bear, Waco's Rock Station. Giving them a shout-out because I listen to them on the regular, them in 107.3 The Fox, which is uh, basically a, a mirror radio station. They play the same shit and have the same DJs and all that. I think it's ran out of the same building. Um, I remember when that album, or not that album, when their music was uh, getting really big. I was in like 7th or 8th grade, maybe ninth grade. I know my brother was still in school. And he bought one of those albums. Um, and this is back when my mom was very vigilant about evil and demonic and uh, magical influences such as witchcraft and shit. And I think at the time, Godsmack was uh, all about promoting the, the Wiccan culture. And they said something about it on their album cover. So, you know, on the album cover, you've got the art uh, for the little plastic CD case. <laughs> Hopefully there ain't no Young Bucks. I mean, who, who's fucking... Who am I kidding? There's no Young Bucks listening to this damn podcast. So, um, y'all remember the, the CDs that you could buy and they had the plastic shitty plastic cases around them and then they have some artwork on it. And on the other side of that artwork was like uh, the, the lyrics to the songs, the names of the songs, and then sometimes it had like some copyright stuff, some legal information. And, and there was a note that was at the on one side of the CD that said this is uh, dedicated to all the Wiccans everywhere. Uh, it's something like that. I can't remember exactly how that went, but I remember my mom's reaction was not good. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't like that Shane had that. Um, but Shane didn't know those motherfuckers were Wiccans. He just liked the sound of the music. Hell, we all did. Well, I can't say we all did. I know me and Shane liked it. I mean, I still like Godsmack. When they um, released that song, um, oh crap, uh, Alive. That's the name of it. When they were released Alive. And it went out for the uh, the U.S. Navy. It was part of their recruiting video. You know, you see the ship flying and it's landing on the fucking battleship. I mean, it's the ship flying. <laughs> Look at, listen to me. When you see the aircraft flying, when you see the the, the jet flying and it lands on the aircraft um, carrier, the aircraft carrier. Fuck, man, I messed that all up. <laughs> when you see the damn jet and it's at sea and it's landing on an aircraft carrier, a battleship. When you see that and they hit the the fucking um, Godsmack song and it's like you know the guitar riff kicks in and yeah that was that was pretty dope that was pretty dope the Navy's never really had much cool going on but that was fucking cool uh, I want to say uh, mid to late 2000s that was part of their um, recruitment drive their their part of their recruitment efforts and um, I don't believe anybody was suckered into signing up for that but you know at least we can say right, we got some badass killing machines um, I mean that's that's kind of our claim that in the seals but that's really changed a lot recently because of all the books and movies they're making and the soft uh soft the um special operations community is uh giving them shit about that (laughs) the the inside joke is uh what are you a seal because i don't know very many quiet professionals that need to make a movie (laughs) oh man and then you know i mean they're not wrong how many fucking Modern Green Beret or Delta Force movies do you know of? You know, I, yeah, they, they made some of those satire ones back in the day with Chuck Norris and uh, all that other crap. But uh, the modern ones, you know, I think that that all kicked off with um, fucking G.I. Jane. And you know, granted, G.I. Jane was a great message um, about, you know, overcoming adversity and building strong bonds through challenges and then uh, being... Um, you know, ready to, to do the job once you get called up and 
you know, it was it was a really cool story. You had really cool characters in it, like uh, Viggo Mortensen as the Master Chief, and then you've got the Commanding Officer, who's like, "I resent brain farts in my office." As <laughs> he's smoking a cigar, he's like, "Does the smell of my cigar offend you? Because if you want me to, I'll put it out right now." <laughs> he's all pissed off because he has to, you know, make that concession. Um, and it's even at that time of American history. You know, the, the, the pressure to make changes on our combat strategy. You know, can women be in the infantry? Can women be in combat units? Even at that time, and this is an older movie, so it's, it's definitely like more than 15 years old for sure. Um, the, at the time that that movie came out, the pressure was being felt to make changes to the traditional military model. Nothing but men uh, in combat units. Uh, keep women out of harm's way, yada, yada, yada. And now, not only do you have uh, women in the service, you've got transsexuals in the service. You know, back then, you you couldn't be anything other than straight in the service. And, and um, I don't think they, you know, started letting that whole thing slide until they hit up um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And I can't remember when that was first started, but uh, they they had the Don't Ask, Don't Tell which meant that we can't ask you if you're gay and you can't tell us or you get kicked out. And um, I remember that got repealed. I don't know. It was during my time in. So when that uh, repeal hit for don't ask, don't tell, <clears throat> there were some guys that I knew that were kind of up in arms about it because they, <clears throat> they already knew that there were some uh, homosexuals that they had served with and now there's going to be even more and I was like man you're just going to have to accept it you know I, I wasn't expecting it but I knew I couldn't stop it and so you know my experience personally with that was when uh, I came back from Iraq and the guy that I was uh, rooming with um, he had a really close friend he was closer to him than me, but I knew him. I knew the guy. I'd seen him around. He was part of my company. Um, he lived in the same building as the rest of us. It's a barracks. It's kind of like a, a dorm, if you will. I don't remember what room he was in, um, but, I, you know, everybody had – There was the rumor was circling and circling about this dude being gay. Like somebody had wrote a note and left it on his car one day that he sucked donkey dick. And, you know, it was just a little little harassment, um, nothing like openly, you know, calling him faggot or anything, but they, they knew and they were giving him shit for it. Um, just at that time, the guys didn't want that around. They didn't they didn't want it in the unit. They didn't want it to be, you know, the person watching their back is a, is a gay guy. That was just their frame of mind. To me, man, I was just trying to survive. None of that stuff mattered to me. I just wanted to get through the deployment and come back home with all my fingers and toes not, you know, get blown up and have brain damage or not be able to walk or lose my testicles. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't want any of that shit to happen to me because I'm, I'm not only 20 fucking years old, man. Complex, you know, moral and ethical decisions like that. I'm not worried about that shit. I'm worried about not killing someone because they got hit by an IED blast and I got to make sure they don't, you know, their brain doesn't turn into mush. Whether you're gay or not doesn't have anything to do with me getting through the day. But for some of those guys, it did. And, um, you know, that that guy, well, I'll just use his first name so you don't put him on blast. Curtis um, was his first name. And, <clears throat> you know, he just had a way about him. 
that was not not necessarily uh gave off the the straight vibe you know he didn't he kind of had a little bit of a, a walk and his his speech was kind of uh i hate to say the word feminine but he 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 used certain tones that made it sound like he so it was a woman talking but he he had he had a deep deep ish voice so he passed as a man you know and he had facial hair he was one of those dudes that was like tall thin and had like really thick facial hair um a really pronounced adam's apple uh full head of hair you know real strong manly features like a big nose uh really large eyes um i mean he just he he looked like a dude he looked like um that motherfucker from catfish ne- uh, nev oh damn it neve I can't remember his damn name, but if you've ever watched that show Catfish, where they bust people that are trying to pretend to be something someone else during a romantic relationship, he kind of looked like him, but paler and maybe a little taller. And um, now that's that's practically him, right? And that's Curtis. So we, he didn't come out and say it because obviously, don't ask, don't tell. But once we came back from Iraq, and um, the guy that was in my room, Justin. Once me and Justin had clicked and we bonded a little bit and he felt like he could trust me. He's like, hey, I, I need to know that you're okay with something. And I was like, yeah, sure. What is it? It's like, what if I told you I was gay? I said, um, I, you know, it doesn't change what I think about you, man. You know, you have my back over there. That's, that doesn't bother me at all. And he says, okay, so I, I want to actually let you in on something. And I want him to tell you himself because I'm not gay, but someone else is. And I was like. Uh, all right, yeah, sure, man. It's no no big deal. I didn't overreact, and I didn't try to make a thing out of it. But I knew what was going to happen. He was going to bring Curtis in there, and Curtis was going to tell me. And Curtis told me, told me he came out to me, and he, you know, it wasn't like a big emotional moment. He just kind of smiled, was like, "Hey, I'm I'm gay," and uh, you know, I, I think he felt good getting that off his chest. Um, and he felt good that you know he could tell that to me and me not have a problem with it. But I mean, at the time, I was just like, "All right, I understand." That this is, you know, under UCMJ illegal stuff. But I didn't give a fuck, dude. When I was over in Iraq, one of the guys hooked me up with weed. And, and it was a little shitty-ass pipe that he had made. And, I mean, I smoked it, but I didn't get high. Because uh, the, the the pipe he made was shit. It burned my face. And, um, you know, because it was made out of, like, foil paper or something. And it was made out of something that got hot when I fucking puffed on it. And, so I, I mean, they were hitting air dust cans and... You know, guys were shooting up steroids. We did all kinds of fucked up stuff when we were over there. So somebody being gay, I'm like, dude, you're just like the rest of us, except your yours is sexual in nature, where ours is criminal. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, hell, that's not even the worst thing that guys did over there, right? Um, we had guys that there was a firefight outside one of our bases once, um, and the guys that were on post standing security watch. And what do I mean by that is like there's different little outposts around the little base we were in and everybody's got a section that they've got to watch and they challenge people that approach us and shoot down people they think are combatants, yada, yada, yada. And uh, you can't leave. Once you get there, you can't leave until somebody comes to let you go. It's called relief. You can't leave until you get your relief. And um, when this firefight broke out, it initially started with uh, a pistol getting shot off out in public. Um there was a road going into the city of Fallujah that my base was at, and uh, these guys were out on in the traffic lane trying to get into the city, and we were a checkpoint. So we checked everybody that came through, practically like customs or border patrol, and um, what we were doing is we were trying to take contraband. Like if somebody had illegal documents, 
or if they had a large amount of money, were like, what are you going to buy with all this money? Are you going to go buy land? Are you going to go buy guns? Are you going to go meet terrorists and give this to them? What are you doing? You know, we got, we need to know before we can let you pass because you can't run up into Fallujah, buy guns, and start killing Americans or people that work with Americans. So you know, there was all that. That's what the, what all that was a part of was to try to make the area more secure for American and Americans and our allies, and also the natives. You know, because um, insurgents were handing out flyers like, "If you work with the Americans, we'll cut your head off and shit." And so. You know, if anybody had any intelligence on those people, we were like, we need to know what's going on. And it's usually people that have lots of guns or drugs or money that that know those guys because that's the currency over there. Drugs, money or guns Um, because that's what they need. That's what they need to fight us. They need guns and they need money and they use drugs or trade drugs to help with that. And uh, anyway, so um, back to the story, they they had a. A crowd of people out there, and then there was an argument, and there was a scuffle. I don't know all the details. Uh, I wasn't actually out there when that happened. Um, my buddy Daniel, who lives in Tennessee, he knows – he's got like a, a memory like an iron trap, man. He doesn't forget shit about his time over there. In fact, he's writing a book, and I, I don't know uh, when he's going to be done with it, but he'll have all the facts. So um, this this little scuffle broke out. Some shots got got fired off. Somebody got on the radio. It was like shots fired on the lane. Shots fired on the lane. React to contact. Blah 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 blah. And uh, the guys that shot off the weapon ended up getting into a truck and and scooting off. And the Iraqi police that were uh working with us they gave pursuit. And the our guys that were on security ran after them. And I think we were only left with like two people, maybe three. Which that's a huge problem because now you've just left the entire base vulnerable. So if that was, um, excuse me, if that was a uh, like a bait and switch situation, an enemy force could have swamped in and fucking ambushed us, and we would have been caught with our pants down. And that's you know that's that's a real thing. And they they started doing shit like that. Not in this particular case, um, where the the scenario was, and we actually um, this is you know something that actually happened. We're, we're on our base and an explosion goes off and we're like, Oh fuck, what was that? Uh, hey, everybody get your gear on just in case there's a QRF. And so, um, we're like, okay, we're getting geared up. We're getting our, our body armor on. Trucks are getting turned on. We're like, we're about ready to go out there. And a radio transmission comes in. It was like, um, that was, uh, that was the bait, that explosion. And if we had ran out there to go investigate it, there was an enemy force that was coming towards the base. And there was a convoy that was coming to our base that just happened to catch them when that went off and chased them away. So we got really lucky there that we didn't just run off and go see what that was and allowed our base to get attacked by um, a, a larger force. And uh, we, were, we were pretty lucky there that that happened. And that became the SOP in the future. If um, there's some sort of indirect attack near the base, we stand by and wait for... Uh, Further guidance to engage or or assess the situation so that we um, maintain our position and don't give it up to the enemy. So, you know, with that being said, these guys ran off and pursued these individuals that caused the scene in the traffic lane. And they pursued them to a house where there was a firefight. A couple of guys got killed. Not ours, but theirs. Um, turns out that some of those guys had some intelligence and wasn't anything like super major, you know, busting up an insurgency ring. But they, they had some names and they had some people's information and identities and where they were at and stuff. Some some people that we would, 
you know, benefit from, from tracking down. And, um, I'll never forget that man, because it became a big problem for those that were involved and they really had to hush it up. Like we can't let certain people know about this because if they do, we're all getting busted. And so all that to say with Curtis coming out, being gay and these dudes literally ran out and killed people and left us all of our lives in jeopardy. I, I think you got bigger things to worry about, man, than just telling me that you're gay. I, I could care less. And we hung out a couple of times after that, like went out to eat and stuff. And, um, <laughs> I'll never forget it. Justin called us the tripod, but, uh, I ended up going home to the reserves and they, they ended up staying. Curtis ended up going somewhere else. I don't know where he went, but Justin went to Afghanistan and that, that experience changed him. He wrote me a couple of letters and, uh, when he came back, I never heard from him. In fact, I haven't heard from him in 10 years, so I don't know where he's at or what he's doing. Um, I just hope he's okay. I remember seeing him on Facebook a couple of times. He was posting videos where he had been drinking and it was, it was all silly and fun, but I was like, ah, oh, fuck, man. I, I can tell where this is going. This, this ain't good. So hopefully he's, he's still in one piece. Um, no way to find that out though, cause I've tried looking for him and I can't fucking find him. So, oh man. Um, apart from that, that's my little story time for my military career. I'm, I'm going to try to tell more of those, uh, before I forget them all, there's there's so much that I can recall, like when I was in boot camp. You know, every once in a while when I'm at work, I'll have an opportunity to tell the stories. But what I'm learning about um, where I'm at and, and and the job that I'm doing is I, I have to pick my opportunities. You know, these people aren't really trying to get to know me, but if there's a conversation that's being had and I can contribute something, then I need to take advantage of that. Or otherwise, I'm just going to be sitting there by myself all the fucking time. And that's just going to drive me nuts. So <laughs> at the end of my shift today, um, the people in the intensive care unit were trying to make a Facebook page for their organization. And they were struggling with uh, the Facebook options. So I showed them how to upload an image and to format it to fit it correctly and make it look the way that they want to look. So I was able to contribute and have a conversation and talk to these people. One of them I actually used to work with. Um, she went from the ED to the ICU, but yeah, that's, that felt, felt good to be in that social interaction. I've been getting closed off because I, I, I'm a clerk. These fucking nurses don't care what I got to say, <laughs> but when it came to some computer expertise and some of them don't know how to operate those things or some of the software, like, um, some of the, the, uh, Excel documents or word documents, or if they're using Facebook or something like that, then I can jump in and be like, Oh yeah, I've done that before. I know how to do it. So, uh, that felt nice. <laughs> anyway, it's a short one for you today. I, uh, I got way too much to do. Um, I screwed around and, and went and watched the whale and I gave a report on that. But at the time that I spent watching that movie, I should have been studying for my genetics quiz because I bombed that motherfucker. The good news about that is. That one's okay <laughs> because there's plenty of more coming that will make up for that bad grade. But you know, I, I um I went in there and I, I took that that quiz and I'm looking at the answers. And I'm like, man, I should know these because I just read this stuff the other day, but I, I didn't read it recently, so I'm having trouble hanging on to it. And I was like, man, just take it. I know I did terrible. <laughs> anyway, oh man, so that's all I got for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Aaron Rollins here on Southeast Third. I appreciate y'all listening. Uh, drink water. Take care of yourselves. I know it's getting chilly out there, so get ready for that. Get ready for some um, inclement weather in South Texas. And if you're any 
if you're involved with the stock market in any way, shape, or form, um, just keep your eye on it. There's this guy that I uh, get advice from who's like, yeah, it's about to be time to go into the fetal position. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just keep your eye on your money, folks. Uh, it's not looking good. But I'm proud to be an American, goddammit. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in, y'all. Take care of yourselves. I'm Aaron Rollins, and I am signing off.